0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbas of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up.
1: Glad you're with us for the Wednesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Jim, good, bad, and crazy news for conservatives as usual. And the good news is, is that California Governor Gavin Newsom seems to be conceding the fact that there will be enough signatures to force a recall on his governorship. Uh, Not exactly sure when we'll find out that they've got enough legitimate signatures gathered in the proper way to to get this on the ballot or when the election is set. But uh, Gavin Newsom's handling of coronavirus, uh, the restrictions, the lockdowns, not to mention his uh, radically left approach to virtually every issue under the sun, uh, makes this a good thing. Given where California voters are these days, I'm not sure what we would get, even if he is recalled. They're calling this a Republican recall with a capital R on recall because it's just Republicans who want this, which is not true. The latest stats that I saw showed that at least 31% of those who have signed these petitions are either Democrats or non-affiliated voters. So it's not just Republicans. So Jim, those of us old enough to remember 2003 are kind of licking their chops when you know, it's Gray Davis's gross fiscal mismanagement, which led to all the problems and him getting recalled, Arnold Schwarzenegger coming in. Uh, none of the gadflies from that campaign are, are still around, really. No more Gary Coleman, no more Larry Flint. Uh, so who knows which celebrities or anybody else that'll get into this thing. But uh, what do you make of uh, Newsom essentially saying, yeah, this is going to happen and uh, we're going to get another California recall free-for-all, perhaps?
0: Yeah. It's you know, it's it's still relatively early in this process. I can't say I feel like there's a terrific opportunity for Republicans to pick this up. But it is worth keeping in mind. Uh, one, this is not a Republican effort, or I believe that my favorite phrasing came from Elizabeth Warren, who said this was an extreme right wing Republican effort, not merely Republicans, extreme right wing Republicans. And Greg, our listeners know just how powerful the extreme right wing Republicans are in the state of California. <laughs> uh just teaming with them you know so i but I, I looked at the uh voter registration statistics democrats have about a 2 to 1 advantage in terms of you know registered members of party um but what's more is like you, you pointed out the number of people who are not registered republicans who are signing some recent poll numbers indicate that now this, this you don't get yourself in a recall trouble just by irritating the other party you get it yourself in in recall trouble in california by irritating a lot of people including some members of your own party and including independents and uh, there's a good survey came out just a couple of days ago 38% said they'd support the recall 42% said opposed if you're gavin newsom i guess that's marginally good news that you know a couple more percentage points are uh, opposing getting rid of you but you know keep in mind 13.9% or almost 14% are undecided and a little over 6% said they just wouldn't vote in a recall election um, that's you know that, that doesn't say that there's this clamoring Uh, belief by golly, you know, this state can't afford to lose Gavin Newsom at a time like this and and all that kind of stuff. And probably even more ominous for Newsom, they said, okay, if he survives the recall, uh, how would you how do you intend to vote in 2022? Forty one point seven percent said they would reelect him. Fifty eight percent said it's time for someone new. So look, it seems very likely right now that the recall is going to go forward. I'd be surprised if it didn't turn out to be a reasonably close vote one way or the other. And the outlook for 2022 for Gavin Newsom isn't great. Now, it's California. The Democrats are always going to have a big advantage, or at least in in the circumstances being what they are, they're going to have an advantage. That said, I think it's it's time for both Republicans in California and Republicans across the country to say, look, if progressive policies work as well as advertised, California should not be in this situation. And this applies to everything from the most draconian restrictions on people's ordinary lives because of the pandemic and a whole bunch of other big spending, high tax, high regulation policies.
1: No, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, just remember that in 2002, Gray Davis was reelected by a fairly healthy margin uh, over Bill Simon. And uh, several months later, he was decisively recalled. Uh, Cray Davis, as Arnold Schwarzenegger called him, uh So it was removed and Schwarzenegger uh, won easily. I still stand squarely with Tom McClintock in that recall, but I realize it's 18 years ago now and I should probably give up that ghost. But uh, I'd be curious to see who gets in this and how Democrats approach this, because as things went south for Gray Davis, you had Democrats uh, figuring out that they needed to get involved in the the replacement aspect of the recall race, because it's not just up or down on Newsom. You pick his replacement if the recall succeeds as well. So it's a simultaneous uh, vote. Two different things should be going to vote on there. And so if you start to see prominent Democrats get into the replacement race, uh, it means that they've uh, decided that uh, Gavin Newsom's not going to make it. So keep your eye on that.
0: Yeah. And let's just throw out one more observation. I wrote this in a profile when it was pretty clear Newsom was going to be the next governor. Um, look, he is the epitome, not just a San Francisco liberal, former mayor of the city. Um, Newsom also like he, he comes from a wealthy family. He, he is the definitive child of privilege. Um, he used to be married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. That was kind of an unusual, uh, fact that has long been forgotten. But like, if you, Gavin Newsom is the kind of guy who you would not expect to rise to the top of California politics. Um, and it's kind of surprising that you didn't see other factions of the democratic party, tarring him as the rich kid the rich boy who's playing with his daddy's money and his daddy's rich friends and they effectively bought him the mayorship in in san francisco and who's out of touch with real people and real californians and things like that now obviously he won and, and so it's not like you know, uh he's you know obviously he brings some political skills to the table but in a lot of ways he's not the kind of figure you'd expect to be in the head of the democratic party in 2021 and that may it's he has pushed off that uh uh, that reckoning over that, that identity issue in a party increasingly uh, dominated by identity politics. And uh, we'll see how things shake out from here. But I, th- I think, you know, you, you don't rise to the top of the California Democratic Party without making some enemies along the way. And I bet they're licking their chops right about now.
1: Yeah, it also says here in this Politico piece that he's leaning on progressive flag bearers Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren uh, to help get his message out. So it's, he's not trying to shore up the middle he's trying to turn out the the, the far left base here so uh, interesting strategy and i'm not sure how that n- those numbers shake out but if 58 don't want him reelected. i think uh, some of that support for him to stay in office for the rest of his term could be a little shaky although as we uh saw in wisconsin with the scott walker failed recall attempt Obviously, on the very different end of the political spectrum, uh, whether or not you like a candidate can be different sometimes as to whether th- you think his uh, term ought to end prematurely. So we will we will see that. Rest up, Gavin Newsom. It's going to be a, a bumpy year, and maybe you need a my pillow. But my pillow is more than just fantastic pillows because they give the same attention that they've given their pillows to their towels and sheets. And right now, three Martini Lunch listeners can buy one get one free on all six
0: piece towel sets and the Giza Dream sheet sets. My pillow towels have proprietary technology that makes these towels highly absorbent. They're soft to the touch without that lotiony feel. They've got a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. They're washable, they're dryable, and they have 7 colors to choose from. The Giza Dream bed sheets
1: are made with the world's best cotton. They've got the sateen weave, giving them a luxurious finish and will have you sleeping great. I can attest to that. 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee, washable and dryable, wide variety of colors to fit any personal style and bed. So visit MyPillow.com to learn more. Three Martini Lunch listeners, again, all six-piece towel sets and Giza sheets Buy 1 get 1 free. Just use promo code martini at checkout or call 800-874-0104. That's mypillow.com, code martini or call 800-874-0104 for buy 1 get 1 free on all 6-piece towel sets and the Giza Dreams bed sheets. All right, Jim, let's move along to our bad martini here and for that we are going to go to an item In your morning jolt. Uh, And you quote this account from NBC News. Border patrol officials have been told to deny all media requests for ride-alongs with agents along the southern land border. Local press officers are instructed to send all information queries, even from local media, to the press office in Washington for approval. And those responsible for cultivating data about the number of migrants in custody have been reminded not to share the information with anyone to prevent leaks, the official said. The new restrictions have been passed down verbally, not through an official memo. The unofficial policy has led some agents at the border to release videos that show mass arrests and searches of migrants without permission from Washington. Some of the restrictions, particularly for in-person tours, are due to COVID-19 precautions, said one of the current officials. But as the current official said, uh, while the Trump administration allowed some border ride-alongs for journalists during the pandemic, there has not been a single one since January 20th, the day that President Joe Biden was inaugurated. And Jim, this goes also along with reports that uh, the media is being denied access to the facilities which are housing the kids that used to be in cages, but now they're in jail-like facilities. So I guess that's supposed to be better somehow. Uh, what do you make of the fact that the media is being squelched here and the media doesn't seem to be raising much of a stink about it?
0: Well, okay, let's point out. You know, NBC News did write this article and sure. the you know Biden administration... You know, by the way, that's, this is one of the first lessons about gag orders, if you tell everyone in a large organization no one should talk to the media about this, chances are good that at least some people are going to say, "I'm going to go talk to the media about this," because people don't like being told that they can't talk about a problem that they're that they're trying to deal with. Um, you know, the, the old I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to the old Washington cliche, "It's not the crime, it's the cover up," because you know, um, Greg, crimes are crimes. <laughs> You know, cover-ups aren't necessarily a crime. They can be bad. They can be unethical. They can be immoral. They can be an obstacle to good government and accountability. But crimes, we, we shouldn't just hand wave away that kind of stuff. Uh, in this case, first of all, I think uh, we can play a fun game of what would happen if Trump did this and how would the media be treating this and we'd be screaming bloody murder, you know. Um, but I think the other thing which is kind of interesting, you're know, like how deep-rooted this instinct of is, you know, uh, you know, Democratic administration, what are you going to do about this problem? Oh, it's not a problem. That problem isn't there. Your eyes are deceiving you. This isn't really, look, there are a lot of people coming across the border. It's entirely possible that Joe Biden genuinely didn't think that, you know, taking all these executive orders, uh, ending deportations for the first hundred days, stopping all border wall construction, giving Customs and Border Patrol and ICE much stricter uh, specifications about what kind of crimes can warrant deportation um including about duis apparently duis are okay now we're, we're not going to deport you if you get a dui now of course dui you know, if you drive drunk you can kill people but nonetheless we've decided that's just not enough just not a bad enough thing for us to say nope you don't get to stay in this country anymore um that doing all those things biden may have genuinely believed that this wasn't the same as telling central america okay trump's gone border enforcement's over you're welcome here. We're not we're not xenophobic anymore. We don't hate people. Come on in. We're we're taking as many workers. Uh, you know, borders. You know, everything. Everybody's everybody's welcome now. It's possible Biden didn't realize that his actions would be perceived that way. I think it's kind of foolish and naive if he didn't, but it's possible he genuinely didn't realize this, didn't have that foresight. Well, now we see the, the evidence. Now we see what happens. And you can't, like I, you know, earlier in the week I was I was raking Vox and the Migrant Policy Institute. They're arguing, no, no, it's over hurricanes. Hurricane season ended a long time ago. Um, You know, oh, this is because of COVID. Well, COVID hit March a year ago. And oh, by the way, the lowest uh, Customs and Border Patrol numbers for the past like five years were April 2020. Pandemic came along, society shut down, people stopped trying to come north. Um, so I don't think this is just a matter of this. I think it's pretty clear that you know people, you know, also the people smugglers were telling others, yes, the border is open now. Biden is welcoming, and that's how you end up with quotes like Biden promised us, coming from migrants being quoted in the New York Times. So, look, even if this was an honest mistake, and I'm sure there are a bunch of listeners out there who are not convinced that this is an honest mistake, that Biden wanted this, that he does want to have open borders, that he has effectively promised a de facto amnesty by saying he wants a path to citizenship for the 11 million people who have entered the country illegally. That he wants something version of this. On the other hand, you still have all these people coming, including un- uh, unaccompanied children. You can't just leave the kids out there in the middle of the desert. you got to bring them into for some sort of facilities. And lo and behold, one, it's, it's way more people than you can do with COVID restrictions. But also, it's way more people just in these facilities were designed to handle it all. So you know, the best thing the Biden administration could do is just, just deal, uh, deal with this situation honestly. T- face it directly. Attempted to cover this up and saying to Customs and Border Patrol, "Don't talk about this. Maybe no one will notice." Uh, you know, it's just not going to work here. One, because the Republican Party is going to call attention to it, and two, I think there are enough people in this country on the left side of the spectrum who believe the Democratic Party rhetoric and who believe Biden's you know uh, attitudes on this and so and, and statements on this. So, I, I it's one of those things. Like Biden's got nobody else to blame but himself. And this administration has to be a reckon itself. And a cover up is not going to not going to make the situation any better. I hope more critical coverage follows this. Um, but I got you know, to let, let's give NBC News a little bit of credit for at least reporting the fact that they, you know, they're trying to, the administration is trying to shut down Customs and Border Patrol. And let's thank these Customs and, Customs and Border Patrol officers for coming out and saying we're being told to not allow you to see this and to know this information because it looks bad for the administration. I think the
1: Border Patrol Union is my favorite union. These guys are so intent on making sure the American public actually knows what's happening, regardless of what the politicians in Washington want. These guys are so dedicated to their job, and they just want some help, and they want real border security. So, yeah, telling them you can't talk to the media, um, that's the one thing they're they're definitely going to pass along to the media. And, Jim, I know this didn't come directly from Joe Biden's desk, But it's almost like his mindset is kind of the administration's here. This is 2021. This isn't like pre-internet era where you could try to bury something like this. It's going to come out probably even faster than if you never tried to gag them at all.
0: Yeah, look, if you told, come on, Joe Biden, if this is 2021, you might be genuinely surprised by that.
1: That too. All right. Well, let's talk about some... um, help that you can get for your student debt. Let's talk about Earnest with today's low interest rates. And look, you don't know how long they're going to stay this low. It's a great time to refinance your student loans. Times are tough and worrying about your student loan payments doesn't make things any
0: easier. And that's why refinancing with Earnest could help. Earnest offers low rate student loan refinancing and you can check your rate risk-free in just two minutes. With Earnest, you get radically flexible payments and you can pick your loan term. By refinancing, you can reduce your loan term, save money, or you can combine multiple loans into a simple monthly payment. And if you have questions, you could even talk to a real live human being at Earnest for help. Now, isn't it time you stopped feeling overwhelmed by your student debt? Right now, Ernest is giving
1: Three Martini Lunch listeners a $100 bonus. Refinance your student loans at Ernest.com slash martini. Terms and conditions do apply. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you visit Ernest.com slash martini to refinance your student loan. Not available in all states. And again, terms and conditions apply. All right. On to the crazy martini now, Jim. And there are a number of lawmakers in Washington, And they're, let's be honest, they're in both parties who you pretty much shouldn't take very seriously. And one on the Democratic side who we have talked about, but whose insanity probably deserves even more attention than we've given him over the years, is Rhode Island Democrat Sheldon Whitehouse. Uh, Sheldon Whitehouse defeated that champion of the metric system, Lincoln Chafee, for the U.S. Senate seat in Rhode Island in 2006. uh, And he probably distinguished himself, or... (laughs) (laughs) damaged his reputation more accurately uh, in the follow-up confirmation hearings for Brett Kavanaugh following the Blasey Ford allegations by going through Brett Kavanaugh's 1982 high school calendar and talking about such august topics as boofing and what the uh, seven F's meant uh, in his yearbook and so forth. Uh, But Sheldon Whitehouse is not done obsessing about Brett Kavanaugh. This is CBS News. The FBI investigation into sexual misconduct accusations against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh during his confirmation process may have been fake and compromised by politics, a senator, White House, alleges in a letter to new Attorney General Merrick Garland. White House sits on the Judiciary Committee and is requesting Justice Department support for a Senate review of of the FBI's actions. It cannot, he says, and should not be the policy of the FBI to not follow up on serious allegations of misconduct during background check investigations, White House wrote in a letter to Garland last week. Uh, Guy Benson over at Town Hall points out that the FBI did a subsequent background investigation after the allegations came out, and the only thing they found out was that the pro blazy Ford people tried to bully one of her friends, Leland Kaiser, into backing up the allegations when Kaiser uh, said she couldn't remember anything of the sort and ultimately said she didn't believe her. Uh, the one Republican to lash out back at White House here is Ben Sass of Nebraska saying, quote, if senators want to join conspiracy theory book clubs, wear tinfoil hats and talk about Roswell, that's their prerogative. But this is something more sinister. A United States senator who once peddled lies about a Supreme Court nominee is now trying to weaponize the DOJ against a sitting Supreme Court justice. This kind of paranoid obsession is Nixonian poison to public trust. And so, Jim, uh, I mean, Sheldon Whitehouse has not been taken seriously on this podcast, probably ever. Uh, but this is taking it uh, to a level where, if he didn't have the D next to his name, the media would be treating him like the laughing stock he probably should be.
0: Yeah. I, look, I'm going to paraphrase one of my colleagues who had a very sharp observation. Uh, he may put this in print some way, but until, until I, I don't want to repeat something that was said on our kind of internal discussion board. But let's just observe. Um, this is someone who might remind you of a giant talking baseball, and I'll let you uh, try to work it out from there. <laughs> We're having a discussion about, you know, people who say crazy things on the left. And there are people who say crazy things all over in politics. But, you know, I think it's safe to say that generally you see people who say crazy things in you know conservative publications that are known to be crazy. Whereas you can see people who are saying crazy things in the Washington Post and the New York Times and uh, places like that. But somebody in the Washington Post today asserted that there's no evidence of any learning loss during this pandemic, during the school closures. They just flat out asserted it. No, no, no studies, no evidence, no data. But all the kids are fine, you know. Um, And so this this talking baseball observed that, you know, look, both parties have an intellectual class and a crazy wing the difference between the two parties is that for conservatives these are two different groups whereas for progressives the intellectual class and the crazy wing are the same people <laughs> and this kind of is with like sheldon white oh no the, the the fbi they faked the report like first of all like it's very interesting. This is also I think it was one of the guys he had celebrated one of the witnesses who said Kavanaugh had attacked somebody on a boat. And the FBI did investigate that guy when the FBI started asking them about his uh, allegations. He said, OK, no, I made it up. And this is one of the few cases where a guy actually had to apologize for making a false accusation. Um, but, uh, well, White House just won't drop this and he keeps beating this drum and nothing about Julie Swetnick has made these guys uh, uh, it changed their minds. The fact that nothing in the last two years no, no one's ever generated any supporting witnesses or ev- any evidence for Christine Blasey Ford that uh, certainly hasn't uh, it caused Sheldon Whiteness to change anything. The fact that we've now in a situation of Cuomo having seven credible accusers all describing the same kind of behavior, all former employees or employees of Cuomo. That isn't causing Sheldon Whitehouse to say, hmm, have I been applying a double standard in this situation? No, none of that does it. And he's still out beating this drum. And he's now saying the FBI report was fake and all that kind of stuff. Um, like it's kind of exasperating, but like Sheldon Whitehouse, like there are a lot of problems with this guy. But I think as I was listening to you talk about this, Greg, it suddenly dawned on me. How many times are is like somebody like NPR going to say, Whitehouse said that the FBI faked the report and people are going to think, the White House said the FBI faked the report. Yeah, sometimes the political
1: IQ isn't isn't super high on these issues. But, you know, the less people know about Sheldon Whitehouse, the better. So I'm not going to really <laughs> crack down too hard on them not uh, knowing who he is and perhaps uh, confusing him with the actual building. I think yeah, the building... Mean, ideally, in a better world, no
0: one would know who Sheldon Whitehouse is.
1: <laughs> I think I've heard more common sense come out of the actual building than him. So uh, that's, that's not easy. Anyway, Jim, we're more than halfway through the week now. See you tomorrow. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Today's St. Patrick's Day, Mr. Garrity. Have you tapped your first Guinness yet?
0: I have not, although I'm getting there. uh, This is uh, obviously day three of, I guess we're now out of the legal tampering period uh, in NFL free agency. So I'm really hoping that Jets general manager Joe Douglas gets a lot more guys to wear green. (laughs) Uh, Also, I've heard uh, a couple, two really good jokes. One from... Uh, one of the guys at the Babylon B, he said, um, uh, Greg, that Irish is an adjective that means it's got alcohol in it, like Irish coffee and Irish cream and Irish man. And um, <laughs> the other one was, do you know why there have never been any great Irish uh, hockey players? Because anytime an Irishman sees ice, he tries to pour whiskey on him. Ah, see,
1: this is fun. The cancel they... culture wouldn't like this at all.
0: Stereotyping! No! Yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And turnabout's fair play, because you know what a week from tomorrow is? Greek Independence Day. Get your ouzo ready. Anyway, enjoy your St. Patrick's Day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. Uh, We love your kind reviews and your five-star ratings. Also get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Wednesday, and please join us on Thursday for the next Three Martini Lunch.